This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good everybody. Um, yeah, we're back. Another question time episode. Thanks so much to everyone who's sent in a question. Um, got a lot to get through this week, so without any further ado, let's get into them. Are you serious? We're going to have any questions. Okay, as always, over on uh, patreon.com for just NRL Boom Rookies. First question, new patron, Benjamin Potter. Welcome, Ben. I guess Benjamin is your preference, actually. You put it in, the, in there yourself. But he anyway, Potsy. Potsy, does he? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay, Potsy. Okay, Potsy. Big Dragons fan here. But La- Dufty's last try against the Eels was a clear forward pass. How does it make any sense that the bunker can't run a forward pass, but it can on offside, which is essentially the same exact concept? Yeah, this is the problem, right? Because I suppose it's it comes down to when you draw the line. Because, yeah, there's clear forward passes like this one was. But it's like when we get to a point where it's like a really tight one, then what do we do? I um I do like how we mentioned on, on the previous podcast about the refereeing bunker decisions and just let them score. You know, oh, why do we have to ruin it? I feel like that's happened twice now with forward passes this year, both the Henry Perinara run and this one, because the referee both times like stops and goes, ah, yeah. no, it's okay. It's like, was it though? <laughs> At least this one didn't decide a game. Yes. Yeah. This other game was already over, but yeah, definite forward pass. And we've both been on that wagon for a long time that video ref should be able to do it. I don't think it needs the ridiculous uh, forward pass technology people seem to no. want. I think but- if it's close, you just let it go. But yeah. like when it's egregious, just weigh in. It's like everything else in the bunker, you just let it. Like honestly, I don't know why we don't think we we can deal with ninety percent accuracy on forward passes when we just accept it on everything else. Like again, the f- offside for kicks. Yep. Don't know. That's it. Don't know either. Next question, Harvey G. Oh, I don't know. This is it. Apparently, Dan Gagai is at the Knights. No, he's keen to come back to Newcastle next season. Oh. The Knights responded to this by whining about cap space instead of having a meeting and putting an offer on the table. When Dana ends up replacing one of the Morris twins at the Roosters next year on a cut price deal and a scoring oh. price of funds, fun. would one of you be willing to drive to my house and hold me while I cry? Well, <laughs> yes, I would. But also, I don't want to lose him from Souths, first of all. He's been yeah. great the last 18 months. He has oh, been. Well. He really has. And uh, again, there's, there's some weird cap squeeze there. We don't fully have the have our eyes all over. Hey, do we? Like, he's... Why can't we just give everyone as much money as they want and not tell the NRL? Exactly. Oh. Worked with your drug system with, with yeah. our Sam Burgess just... in your healthcare. So. And in bags of cash in the back of <laughs> South Junior's car park. Problem solved. That's it. Uh, Gyro is 11th best middle, says. He's got to be like top five at the moment, by the way. Top five? Yeah, sure. Ooh, Why, not? Cool. Why not? Well, uh... Tamla Tamla hasn't played, so he's ineligible. <laughs> so that makes him go from 11th to five at least. Ah, uh... Look, he's been better than Papali. He's been better than Paulo. He's been better than a lot of guys that were easily above him. Uh, I think Junior Paulo has been, been exceptional. Anyway, let's, that's not the question. <laughs> is not rate well, my uh, change his <laughs> inflammatory name, shouldn't he? It's, uh, the question is, how do you explain the years and years of consistently shitting the bed at West's? 
Roster such management stuff aside, it feels like whenever they play at a pack like card as favorites, they completely collapse. And it's been happening for so long that it can't be blamed on a specific coach or player. It's, I don't get it. It's a weird one, isn't it? You met you, we touched on it briefly in the previous podcast, but I don't know. I don't understand how hoodoos and things like that. It, Leeds United had the same thing when I uh, multiple regimes and different players and stuff for 15 years. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand why it happens. I'm not a believer in superstitions or luck or any of that crap but yeah i I, can't, I just can't explain it i don't know if you can no i can't i do think there's obviously still i know not everything's been the same but there's still the the same club training the same facilities that i don't think is world, the world's greatest standard i don't know if that plays much of a part into it but there's certainly something about shitting the bed like at leichhardt that i can't put my finger on but let's hear my solution is let's not play shit games at a shit stadium like leichhardt anymore Yep, I agree. Like, I don't understand. Different question again, but said it watching mm-hmm. the game of Bankwest on the on the weekend. I don't understand how people can firstly yeah. watch games on TV at Bankwest, or secondly attend a game there. I understand if you haven't attended, but attend a game there and not automatically think this is what we need more of in sport in this country. Yeah, when I had to walk, when my options for going to the bathroom were to walk literally to the entire other side of the field or to jump a fence and piss on a tree, I thought this is great. This is much better than having 700 bathrooms at Bankwest. It's a lot better. No, definitely. And like, yeah, all the other great facilities and the way it's so designed so well to keep the noise in. Fantastic stadium. And it's not just the NRL. Obviously, the government have a part in that. Morons that don't want more of those. It's insane. Uh, I, I, at this point, I just don't think that anyone who's still advocating for suburban grounds has been to Bankwest. They just yeah. can't. They just You just can't have gone to a game there and thought that it's not better. You can have both. And that's what it is, you know. Uh, Rough Belly says, so which death will we mourn, mourn more? Philip or Penrith's likability? Careful. What? Well, I'm not uh, mourning one of them, so. Yeah. Well, I just well actually, I'm not, I'm not mourning either of them. No. <laughs> You've been on the Penrith uh, jerks bandwagon for a long time. Yeah. And also notably anti-monarchy. <laughs> You have famously, been, for not for people of the show who are not long-time listeners, Mitch almost got us into a fight at a kebab shop once when some random guy revealed he was a staunch monarchist and Mitch replied, fuck the queen. By reply, you mean yelling it out with my yeah, hands in I the mean, air look, a few times on repeat. I was I on your idiot. side. It was, it was just a communication breakdown. I feel. It was. It was. Uh, next question comes from Harvey J again. How can people complain about the salary cap not spreading out the talent enough between all 16 teams and also complain about Adam Reynolds possibly being forced for another club due to salary cap pressure? That's, that's a great question. I don't yeah. know. I mean, complaining about that salary cap pressure is always a funny one. Oh, we're going to lose player X. It's like, well, you didn't really prioritize him then, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brisbane lost for feeder because they didn't prioritize him. You know? Uh, Westlife podcast. Rugby league causes me nothing but pain. Who's your NBA NBA MVP and why is it Nikola Jokic? Okay, wait. He not his God. He asked his question nine hours ago. That yeah. might be before Jamal no, no, probably told I, I think no, no. He mentioned in the Discord as well. I think. Did you have to say was this before or after? That I think happened? it was roughly the same time. But yes, it was around <laughs> the time of the Jamal Murray news. You poor oh, bastard. No. Yeah. That also causes you pain. The NBA. Welcome to more pain. Michael Gregson, he says, who shits on fans' hopes and dreams more? Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon booking the heels to win just about every big match at WrestleMania or the West Tigers? The West Tigers, because the booking is sometimes good. My favorite thing about being a, a extremely beyond casual wrestling fan who dabbles in it when it 
trends on Twitter once every five years, or a former co-host of the podcast <laughs> gets signed up WWE, yeah, is still Shane McMahon taking bumps like he's seventeen. Yeah. Oh, shout out to former guest host uh, Maddie Warburg who made his first appearance on WWE television on the weekend at the NXT pay per view as a security guard in the background. Well, uh, um, Sam Punk was a what was he WrestleMania? He, he hung off John sorry. Cena's gangster car at WrestleMania twenty two, dressed as like a Tommy gun toting mafia dude from the olden days so hey we're gonna start somewhere and i like the sam punk comparison i agree that matt will have several world title runs good good uh josh brandon great man josh you've obviously spent more time in the last few weeks than i have but he says there's often talk of forward money or playmaker money etc can you give us a general rundown on positions from the most expensive to the least expensive great question be a lot easier to do if salaries were public but just do you, I mean, do you have, do you have actual answers for this or is this more going to be an opinion based thing? It's going to be anecdotal and it's okay. going to be anecdotal based on the positions the players want to play because they all want well, yeah, to Yeah, it's move clear fullbacks to, make yes. more money than wingers. We know and that. centers. Yes. Um, I still feel like those and two are the... I, I think middles make more money than edges. I think that's pretty yes, clear as well. But I do think some edges make a bit of money. I think the lowest yeah. of the pops in general is centers and wingers. That's why you still find even some of those want to move to the forwards. Corey Oates, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I was going to rate the average salary, there's only one fullback anyway. So one of there's only 16 of them in the NRL. They should be probably paid near the most, but them halves and hookers by some distance and then probably middles. And then... Yeah, then edge forwards, then center wingers. Yeah. And then, yeah, the uh, the bench, whatever. If you like the Broncos, you put a lot of money in the bench. You put none of it in the five in the halves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, Sharks got Sharks got a million in reserve grade. So yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't. If you ask, you let me good me for ideal roster construction. I don't know if I have that answer either. I think it depends on the cattle. But there's certainly a lot of people who get overpaid based on of oh, they. I want fullback money or half money or similar, yeah. and it's just like, well, probably not much better. Like. There's a guy who's probably three times as good as you playing on a different position in your team. We can't give him that money apparently because he's not, you know, like for feeders thing being, oh, that's not back row money. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, next question. Rowan Edwards. Congratulations. He's going five from five on Coltrane Cup. Rowan, that's Eddie NZ. He says, oh, uh, right. I was very confused. Okay. If PVL is a Vince McMahon of the NRL, who will be our stone cold Steve Austin? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, who will attack him in a hospital? I'm ready uh, to do it. Clang him over the head with a bad pen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben Hunt's the front runner right now. He's the only player that really has come out properly and had a crack at him. I like might, it. Might be left to us. We might have to do it. Okay. I like yeah. Ben Hunt. Let's do it. Strap out those knees, buddy. Crack a few Ben Hunt beers. dishing out stunners left and right. <laughs> Sign me up. Andy Valente says, I know you're not Sixers fans. So the Philadelphia 76ers. Ah. Look at it as Aussie. Aussie yeah, not the uh, Sydney Sixers. Oh. Look at his Aussie fans. At what point does the current form of Ben Simmons become a concern? I, 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 don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care enough to have an opinion on this. Uh, ben Simmons, I'm still a Ben Simmons fan. He's still the best defensive player in the NBA. But yeah, I think everyone would be lying to you in the NBA if they didn't think his career's been underwhelming for the potential he had coming through, for the hype he had coming through, to what he's put up there, like. Best defender in the NBA, all you want to be, but going through the last month or whatever, a few weeks, averaging like under 15 points a game still. I know their offense is different, but the assists aren't high either. The minutes aren't even that high went the last last month or so. I, I don't know. I, I, 
I think we've got to wait till it happens in big games. How they're going to, how it's all going to play out. If the if the role works for the team and they win some playoffs, people won't give a single shit. But he will definitely be a massive scapegoat if they go to the playoffs, lose, and his numbers look like they do now. No matter how good he plays, the numbers have to be better. That's how that sport works, mate. Like you have to have stat padding numbers in the first place, then back the rest up with, oh yeah, he's the best defender because there's no numbers for that, you know. Thomas Hay, with John Morris being available in 2022, would you say he is the number one head coaching candidate on the market? No. You you would not? You you know the answer to this question. Anthony Seabold. No, Wayne Bennett. He's staying here as director of football. <laughs> yeah. no, he's uh, off to start the new Brisbane franchise. Yeah, I, I don't even feel like he's a guy that if you're a random club, you can push the boat out to try and get him. So I wouldn't even consider him a candidate because he's either yeah. staying at Seattle as a director of football or going back to Brisbane for the new to team. be at either the Broncos or the new Brisbane team. So if you're literally any other club, he's not an option. So with him out of the picture, can you re-answer Tom's question? Because I'd say probably yes. Especially if I was a team with a lot of young players who did not have aspirations for short-term success. I can't wait until... Cameron Seraldo gets a gig before him because just like Trent Barrett, who is responsible for the Panthers attack, which apparently is missing him now, is responsible for the Panthers defense. I don't know. I that's probably going to happen because people are yeah. idiots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I would I'll probably agree currently now that he'd probably be number one. Shane Flanagan might be number two. <laughs> that, that grub. Uh, Kyle Robson. I'm a Sharks fan and seem to be in the minority here, but I'm a big fan of the Serraldo and Fitz news. Oh, Serraldo going there. Have I missed that? Uh, yeah, apparently he's going with Fitzgibbon. I didn't know that. That guy, well, there we go. There's my dumb chat there. I've, how oh. I missed that in all this thing. But anyway, Serraldo and Fitz news. Better than getting stuck with a Paul Green, Kevy type who can't afford talent. Do mm. I have a KC positive here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm being really open about this. I My personal opinion was that I thought John Morris got a bit of a raw deal and I thought that he was basically under adversity from the day he took that job. I never said anything about... And this isn't an attack. I'm not attacking. I'm, I'm, I'm not attacking Kyle here. I'm just saying that I am not in a position where I would be arrogant enough to suggest that I know better for the Sharks than the Sharks fans themselves who watch the... Mm-hmm. Who watch the Sharks a lot closer than you and I do and who know the ins and outs of that club more than you and I do. And if their opinion was that this guy had reached a ceiling and that was it, and we need to take a punt on someone else, and that seems to be a pretty commonly held opinion by a lot of Sharks fans that I've seen so far, by the way, then so be it. We can both be right. And so if if you want to be excited and talk yourself into Craig Fitzgibbon being the next Trent Robinson or Craig Bellamy, then you you go for it. And I, I won't I won't begrudge you that. I certainly think that is part of the decision they've made is the the drawing power that Fitzgibbon will apparently have as well to to bring talent in. John Morris played so. more first grade games in the NRL though. Did he? Well, there you go. Well, luckily for him, as you mentioned, having a Kevy or Paul Green type, luckily for John Morris, there's still many a club that he has been an old boy at that he can return to and go straight in. I mean, Tigers, Para, Nui. I mean, I don't think Nui's up available anytime soon, but who knows in the other two? You know, maybe maybe it falls apart for the years. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Matt Coleman, which West Tigers loss was the most West Tigers loss of the past five years? 2021. Um, oh. Capitulate. There's three options. Capitulating to the historically bad North Queensland Cowboys, who without their only good player, Jason Tamalolo, on the day they were commemorating the passing of a club legend. 
2020, capitulating to the historically bad Gold Coast Titans who had not won a game in a calendar year. 2016, capitulating to the historically bad Newcastle Knights that only won one game all season and were... Uh, it's none of those three. And they lost to Neil in the next three of the next four matches. Yeah, it's the Raiders it's, game, isn't it? No, it's not the that Sharks. either. Oh, it's the Sharks game in 2019. Yeah. It has yeah, sorry, to be. Yeah. You lose, to, you, you, you win and you're in the finals. Mm, that's the one. And you lose to a piss-take Paul Gallon field goal, of all things. Shame on you. Yes, there you go. Shame on you. 25 to 8 as well. A proper A proper, a a proper battering. And I might add, I mean, the yeah, look. And, and I know it was an all-or-nothing game, and, and the Sharks were also like it was literally a, it was literally it was a de facto finals game because the winner was in and the loser was out. Um, should they have facilitated a draw to ensure that they both got in? Maybe mm-hmm. who knows? But um, yeah, no, that that has to be the answer for me because again, packed house, ev- like it, the stakes packed could house, not be higher. The stakes, <laughs> the stakes couldn't be any higher than what they were in that game. Um, Robbie Farah gets the last minute call up for his last game as well. You have every storyline imaginable. And then you start Paul Momorowski at fullback and Michael Chick came in the centers and yeah, you get, yeah. you get, you get smashed. Okay. Let's go. Uh, next question. Jake Harper says this top shot NBA top shot of pyramid scheme. Yeah. I mean, I, open, I, I opened my pack the other day. My three guys combined were worth $18. Well, you made money, they didn't you? Shit, you're right. Well, I um, I've been given withdraw withdraw capabilities, so I only did a test because you have to withdraw from Australia, you have to withdraw to USDC the Bitcoin, and I and if you send it to the wrong address, it's just gone. I did a test. I sent forty USD today, but I'm pulling most of my cash out, leaving a tiny bit there, just you know, because I don't like. But yeah, it's going to burst once everyone can withdraw. And uh, I'm going to take out my, I put in about 250 USD and I have 1,434 I'm withdrawing. So it ain't bad considering I didn't do much, but buy packs and open them. Yeah. And I made some bad investments in between where I probably lost like four, three to 400 USD. Should we create some NFTs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Lawrence says, is Trent Barrett a bad coach or rather a victim with a freaky Friday style incident that happened on this day 18 years ago when on a sunny Wollongong afternoon, he was slapped on the Western touchline by Nathan Brown, unknowingly being transferred some of Brown's terrible coaching ability at Lake Dormant until now. Would have Brown have been an even worse coach had this not happened? How does Barrett break the curse? Well, he has to slap him back, surely. <laughs> yeah, the um, Trent Barrett thing I've never got as a head coach at any at any stage, particularly because he uh, got a chance person. at Manly and it was diabolical. Yeah, and blame all the factors you want. He wasn't. He was below expectation on those, and it's looking at happening that way again. But he was responsible for Penrith's attack. Handsome fellow though. Pat again says, "How much of the disrespect towards John Morris's coaching is down to the optics of him appearing to go from water boy to coach?" <laughs> Was Kevy a water boy for the Broncos? Uh, well, he's been at he's been at the, Bron- the Broncos like four times to get punted before that. But no, Ke- uh, Alfie was water boy. Never Not really. Forever. Well, probably at some point, but huh. no. Uh, Manly made the finals once under Trent Barrett. Crazy. Wild Madness. times. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The not so mature age student. It appears Moses and Byers a Pikachu of the NRL world. NRL okay. world. 
not even one of the first three options, but everyone tries hard and never evolves. <laughs> um, what other players do you think fall into this category? Wait, so if we throw a Thunderstone at him, he'll turn into Cody Walker? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know. Oh, all right. Uh, what uh, other players? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how that question applies. Well, why don't we instead, why don't you compare a player to a Pokemon? Uh, a player to a Pokemon. Yeah. Make it, this, this is for you, this question. Yeah. Well, B- Billy Slater is clearly Hitmonlee, obviously, just kicking stuff. Yeah. Um, James Graham is Garchomp. Same reason. I don't know what that is. It, well, it's got Chomp in the name, mate. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I know there's one that's like a set of keys. Yes, there is a set of keys. I want to look. I, I will say this: like people shit on the new Pokemon a lot. They go, "Oh, this one's a set of keys." Just but it ice is, cream. bro. There was one in the OG. It's literally a Pokeball with eyes. Man, I didn't not shit on. The, I'm not saying the and new one. Another are one, worse. and there's another but one. It was just a pile of sludge called listen, Muck. Listen, listen, you're you're strawmanning me here. I didn't say the, <laughs> I didn't say the new Pokemon sucked. I'm letting the people know the one that I saw was a set of keys. And yep. it's Josh Papali. Okay. okay. <laughs> I quite like the ice cream cone. You do? Is, is it powerful? Well, I actually used it in the most yeah. recent game. Well, that's Josh Masood. We're, we're really into the weeds here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, that's me done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks uh, everyone for what, Who else? What's other good Pokemon for them? I only know the originals. Yeah. Well, that's fine. And bo- okay. Who's, who's Snorlax? Oh, that's nasty. Um, <laughs> Do it. Oh, just don't, who's the least mobile forward ever? Ever. Or, or just relatively immobile. I don't I know. Mean, is it Jake Tavoyevich? Yeah. Well, now it is. Yeah, Mark Tuvi, maybe. <laughs> hey, Tuvi could move when he got into space. I won't have this. Mark Tuki, sorry, am I saying? Yeah, I know. He could yeah. move. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, what else have we got? Come on, you got more Pokemon than this. Yeah, I've, um, I was trying to think. Uh, What's one that runs really fast? Is that uh, a Pokemon? No. Well, no. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty that learn quick attack, but um, yeah. Which one's Dragonite? I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. A lot, a lot to unpack here. Um, I think clearly Wayne Bennett is just like the uh, the 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 leader of Team Rocket, Giovanni, just no. controlling everything. He's Mewtwo, mate. He was a perfect is rugby Mewtwo? league man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> does that does that mean that um does that mean your man Jason Demetriou is Mew? Maybe. Okay. Didn't Mew come first? Or did he you did. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. a rich tapestry. You know more lore than you're letting on. No, I know. I played the original ones, mate. I'm not. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not hiding anything. Again, I'm not doing this weird thing, hiding my Pokemon. Like... Oh, speaking of which, I found all my old yeah. Pokemon cards. Like the, I found the Hollows a while ago, but I found the tub full of the Commons as well. So I went through them on the weekend to see if any of them were worth a bit. Doesn't look like it. I mean, you got they've got some. I had flogged some item cards that were something, so maybe. Yeah, I went. I literally went through all the item cards. None oh, of them. Yeah, I, flog, I sold. I found mine. Sold all mine for like. A, I made like over a grand. I didn't need many, many as many as still you hanging so. on to them because I'm just like a fucking idiot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, shout out to our Ben, our friend Ben Qualiato. He's like you as well, hanging on to his damn cards and not selling shit. Uh, next question, Hunter Austin. What are your favorite and least favorite play nicknames? I've got some easy ones here. Okay. Well, the cheese is pretty good. Yep. Of current players. I liked the Fox at first, but now they literally just call him the Fox instead of ever saying Adokar. So I don't like that. Hammer is getting the same way. And I never liked Hammer. His nickname is Fast Guy. (laughs) Um, Um, I hate the King. Oh, it's the worst one of all. 
Also, we've got like three players called Big Papi now, and it clearly should be Dylan Napa. Yes, he's the one who's done a lot of tape many a time yeah. <laughs> on his own. The other two are just, oh, what, their name has Pap in it? Give me a fucking yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah, but I, Hectic Cheese, Cheese is Champ one of the best cheese. ones. Yeah, it's very Champ good. Cheese, Champ Cheese made it better. Uh, the Does king the is Thick by King far count the if I'm the only one that calls him that? Who's the Thick King? The trail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know if that counts as a nickname. You need Vossi saying it way too many times every time he does anything. How do I, look, it, the day I get Vossi to say either the Australian Nightmare or the Thick King on the broadcast, it will be my magnum opus. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but def- I can't think of a that word, nickname is so focused in my head. I can't think of a worse one. But what, uh, the King, yeah. yeah. What about Corey, best fullback in the world from September 2020 to October 2020, Alan? <laughs> Is, is it a nickname? Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, Liam says, I'm struggling to grapple with the Panthers' sudden rise of middling prospect of top dog. So okay. can you tell us just how sophisticated is Penrith's <laughs> doping program? <laughs> is it a lot of Bronson Cherry and uh, Michael Jennings' individual microdosing or more of a whole Lance Armstrong dodgy Spanish doctor system? I don't stop you from answering many questions. So you won't stop me from answering this one? But... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't yeah. answer that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to perform your best, so Manscaped, mate. I'm still, Smooth balls. Yeah. Uh, use the code uh, Boom Rookies to get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. It's the ad read so done. Bye. Um, I did, I'm still reeling from that question we got like three weeks ago where I can't remember the name, but the guy asked like a three paragraph long, quite thoughtful question and then just ended it with, to that end, which players do you think are taking steroids? No, were taking steroids from a young age. It was fucking great. I loved it. Best question we've ever got. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gregson says, Are we all big dum dums for not picking the Hook Griffin Dragons to bow out in week two of the finals? Yeah. Look, they're better than we thought they're going to be. I still don't think they'll make the finals, but they're definitely not going to come last. So, yeah. Um, picking the bow out week two of the finals would mean he was not assembling the 2013 Broncos, which did not make the finals. Ah. And that's been assembling that side and them being better nine years later than they were at the time. Eight years later, it's a massive upset, but we'll see. Uh, and he also says, question for Bungard. Huh. Oh, here we go. At what point do you tap out on The Fiend? I knew it was going downhill for a long time, but the last shot of hope I had for the character died at WrestleMania. What's The Fiend? So The Fiend was Bray, Wy- Bray Wyatt's recreation. He basically was a demonic figure who half the time he was himself, Bray Wyatt, this like fun-loving guy who hosted like a oh, you Blues Clues-esque yeah. TV show, but then he turned into The Fiend, which... Genuinely was absolutely terrifying. Like if you were a little kid watching wrestling, you would be so scared. Mm. Um, and a couple of years ago, they had Bray Wyatt, mm. who is the fiend, wrestle Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and they had this huge feud, and it built up, and it was a terrible WrestleMania match. And then it happened again. In the, it happened again yesterday. They 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 screwed it all up again. I liked what they were doing for long stretches of of the feud, but it was just a really disappointing payoff. And I don't know what the next step is. So what was the bad payoff? Like what, why, why so does it mean the future? The, the, the the, so Alexa, die? do you know who Alexa Bliss is? I've heard the name. She's a female wrestler who basically in the storyline, Bray Wyatt kidnapped her. And then she basically became like a female, like fiend. This is very much. WWE. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then like in the middle of this match, when there's a giant Jack in the box at ringside, suddenly she pops out of it with like, and she's like bleeding from her head. And then, the fiend gets distracted and Randy Orton does one RKO and just wins. And they've built the fiend up as this like untouchable superpower for character. 
So for him to just lose to like one RKO was pretty, pretty shit. And at WrestleMania as well. That's, yeah. Uh, when you have guys kick, yeah, you know, fucking how many, mm. when you have Shawn Michaels kick out of a tombstone or Undertaker kick out of three sweet chin musics, but no, one RKO. That's it. Okay. Now I get why the character should die if that's what they did to it. But uh, yeah. I also, um, I just Googled Bray Wyatt. He is surprisingly young. Yeah. He was in the WWE at a super young age as Husky Harris, which was a great name. Yeah. But he's um, 33. Dad, he debuted in 2009. Like that's yeah. the lot. That's a young wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact: his name was his dad was um IRS. If you remember that wrestler from the 90s, I do not. But I I thought I first saw Bray Wyatt. He was in that weird the Wyatt family. You showed me that yeah. before when I was yeah, yeah. house, and I was like, that guy looked like he was already 40. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those dudes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there you go. Well, the, the fiend. Good. Um, next question. Matty McP says, would you rather follow the Dragons model replacing an underperforming coach with someone who has first grade experience but never really set the world on fire or take a stab on a highly talented assistant like the Sharks have done? Yeah, well, we've seen both approaches work and both approaches fail. So I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer. Like we've seen teams give guys like Neil Henry second or third chances and it not work out. We've seen Mm -hmm. guys take punts on rookie head coaches and that not turn out as well. So yeah, I don't know what the answer is there. Uh, for, for me, most of it is the 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 path that works out with the highest upside is always the rookie. Doesn't but doesn't mean it works out the best all the time. But it's like generally when you find a good rookie head coach, he's your head coach and that's it. It never goes anywhere else. They stick with him forever, like your your Bellamy's, like your Robinsons, like Bennett at twenty years at Brisbane the first time. Like that's generally what happens. So. I'd rather take that stump that I stump though it's of finding someone like that than take recycled scraps. But different horses, different courses. There is certainly times in in clubs' journeys where they actually do benefit from having that type of head coach. Like right right now, Kevin Walters is is not a good football mind, not a good rugby league coach. I know that. I've known it before he got the job. Again, we saw it all sort in Origin. But I actually think he's kind of what Brisbane need because a good coach right now, probably wasting a year of their career, <laughs> probably ruining the reputation. They need someone to set them a bit on the right path in, in, in things that aren't just football on the field and the kind of guy that will get replaced in a year or two and have done his job. I don't think the Dragons thought they were doing that with Anthony Griffin. But yeah, I just think the situation's always different. If, you know, from my club at certain points, like when we moved on from Wayne Bennett, I wanted I was I wanted Dimitri as my rookie, not Anthony Seabold from your lot. But who we'll, we'll wait and see if that one's right next year or the year after with Dimitri. I do think Dimitri though is a yeah one that everyone else get away. That's fair. Uh, um, while Mitch moves over to the Discord, I will give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers in those top two tiers. And remember, the only way to ensure that your question is read out each week is to be a Patreon and ask your questions on either the Patreon or the Discord. Um, there's a lot going on in the Discord. We've got plenty of plenty of sub forums for basically every topic under the sun. Plenty of footy chat, plenty of NBA chat, soccer chat, cricket chat, cryptocurrency chat, plenty of other things as well. And you can join us and support us for as little as $3 a month. So let's give a quick shout out to Dave, Carlo Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinan, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, 
James Kay, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick O'Hearn. Thank you for your continued support. We wouldn't be doing this without you, as well as the people in the in the bottom tiers as well. Thank you for your support as well. And if you just listen to the podcast, thank you for your support as well. We really do appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Discord questions. People, no, this is this is ludicrous. <laughs> People are answering questions. I told them not. I thought I deleted them. I told them not to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Harry Ramage. Yesterday says a few teams had success spreading the ball from the kickoff. Did this once again show coaching is the key for competitive football, where they look at different tactics to break the defensive line rather than some crappy rules? They think they they think do that. So you're saying uh, coaching breaks down games, not shit rule changes? Yes, I agree. Good question, Harry. Miss you. Uh, is, this a, is this a question? Oh, God. Here we go. It is. Nick Campton. Mm. Campo or Discord. Fired up the old modem and worked out what Discord was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Part of the reason Rabbitohs in the position they're in is with Reynolds is because they re-signed Johnson last year after initially deciding to let him go. So that end, if Bunga choose between Reynolds or Johnson being a one-club man for their entire careers, who would he choose and why? I asked him this question on Sunday at the pub, but I can't remember what he said. Okay, <laughs> look, first of all, I'd like to say... I did Campo. I answered the question three times and he kept asking me again. So <laughs> don't That's think, also very don't think it Campo. registered. But, um, but I've had a lot of obviously prepared for this because I've already answered it. Um, I eventually went with Reynolds, but it's obviously a really difficult decision. But I, I had a lot of caveats and a lot of context that I think needs to be provided for this answer, such as the fact that um, I think that uh, it, it makes it harder because Johnson is younger. And whilst his position and his uh, role in the team is nowhere near as important as Adam Reynolds is, it's, if it was a question of keeping one or the other right now, it would probably mean two more years of Adam Reynolds compared with like seven or eight years of, of, of Alex Johnston. So that, that plays a part. The little selfish part of me that wants Alex Johnston to break Kernovine's record also plays a part. But um, Adam Reynolds is, 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 as I said last week, more important to the fabric of this club than anyone that's playing for this team or probably anyone that has played for this club in my lifetime. No one is more synonymous with South Sydney than him. I know Johnson's a local junior as well, so I'm not trying to disrespect him. And I love AJ. Everyone who's listening to the show knows how much I love AJ. It was a really difficult call, but in the end, I said that I would rather Reynolds plays his whole career here than Johnston. I will say, though, and Cam is not the first person to make this point. I just reject the assertion. I don't want to sound like uh, our current prime minister, but I don't agree with the premise that it's a zero-sum game and that we can't have both or that the only reason we can't have Adam Reynolds is because we have Alex Johnston. I mean, I can't imagine that Alex Johnston is the highest paid player at the club. I can't imagine that it's Alex Johnston's money who, who would just be going directly to Adam Reynolds. There's plenty of other personal decisions this club has made, not just this year, but in the past two or three years that are affecting what has got us to this point. So I don't think it's as simple as having to choose one another in real life, but for the purposes of a fun question on the podcast, it's a great question. And I have narrowly gone with Adam Reynolds. I think you might be one of the only, it's not that it's a shot at you, but you're one of the only South fans would make that narrow, but he's your boy. It happens. Like if you ask me Pangai or Haas, I would also struggle, even though Haas is the far superior footballer. Yep. Uh, Michael L. RCB Shark says, 
why is the prevailing narrative on Morris that eighth place and out in week one with zero wins against anybody of substance is good enough and it's just unfair? Isn't the job of the board in the CA to do better to achieve more? Yeah, well, he was one of the he yeah he's one of the sharks as we mentioned who is 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 happy with this decision and I think he would probably know more about the sharks than you or I do. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's right. But my counterpoint to that would be that I just don't think their roster is is in the top eight rosters right now. So to make the finals every year is a good achievement. Yeah. I mean, again, as we said in the prior podcast, we don't necessarily take either side of that fence. The prevailing narrative is that way, but this is what we do. <laughs> you know? Oh, poor John Morris is a better story than, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> you know? Like the prevailing media is not going to say that. And, you know, and I, and I do believe that part of that's right. Anyway, he was hard done by, you know? Uh, Wayno says, is Cronulla under underachieving right now? How much is poor contracts in 2019 and circuit penalties hamstrung the current coach? And is zero from 12 record in 11 slash four seasons? In 11, okay. And resigning Chad enough reason to move John Morris on or replace him with a highly regarded coach is yet to have any first grade head coaching experience. Well, I don't understand the, the little zero and 12 in 11 out of four. Uh, wait, which part? Oh, that's it. Okay. The zero, zero twelve in one and a quarter season. No, zero out of twelve in one and a quarter seasons. Yeah, that's what the, zero, the zero twelve yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's a top button him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that, and I. But it, it's also I, we've been to this with this with how the games play currently last year or so. Upsets don't fucking happen. Like it's John Morris full of full of victim coinciding with that. Like which is so Tigers, by the way, the first like yeah. actual bookies proper upset of the year. Yeah. Tigers. yeah, it's like John Morris is maybe a little bit of a victim of that in that regard too, that record being focused on so much. But the only reason why he's zero or 12 of the people above him is because he's beaten the ones below him. There's a lot below him as well. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, but I mean, the Sharks haven't really been bad since the uh, 2014. Um, and even then before that, they were usually like a decent-ish team. A lot of that for a lot of my adult life. So perhaps they're not used to being a team like the Bulldogs are now or the West Tigers or one of these other teams that's perennially been bad the last decade or so. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there is one correct answer. I think I think this is a genuinely divisive issue for Cronulla fans. So I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer. And I think that's fine. I think we can discuss this civilly and just, just disagree. And it's been nice. No one's really, I mean, as I said to you, as I said in the previous show, I, I tweeted about John Morris on the weekend and, and it got far more traction than pretty much anything else I've tweeted about rugby league this year. But um, it was mostly respectful replies from Sharks fans. Just no one was calling me stupid or saying John Morris was a fraud or anything like that. Some were just saying what Michael said and some were just saying what Wayno said. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously people are talking on the internet, you have to pick a side a bit more on Twitter and tweet. And that's mm. why I haven't really tweeted about it. Cause I know this one of the ones I don't sit on a side of the fence, you know, and I, and I think that's okay. I like, I like to have takes and be clear and definitive on this podcast. So people know where I stand, but on this one, I actually haven't got a right or wrong. I understand both sides. And I understand why Cronulla did what they did. Yeah. Uh, Jason O says at least one excited Warriors fan has gone as far as just Reese Walsh should come in at fullback and push too much a shake to the heart. <laughs> How would you introduce Walsh to first grade if you introduced him this year at all? I, I should that that Jason, you should have nominated that person for rookie takes. I love it. Excited Warriors fan. Uh, now I would give him a few weeks 
in, in for Redcliffe, you know, maybe the next six to eight. But after that, I'd, I'd sprinkle him off the bench. I know you keep him reserve grade all season, but it's it's not the first time I've had that type of player come off the bench to start their career that, you know, he's going to be a fullback. But Milford did it at, at Canberra, for example, the most vivid memory. But way, way back, Lockie did that stuff way back early in his career. Like, you can have him come off the bench some games this year and just see what happens. Like, I think the main thing was they wanted to get him there spending as much time at training with Tuvasa Shek as he could. And I mean, what's the difference being Dev Deal at Brisbane at the Warriors? It's better for him to be at his next club. So, yeah, I don't think they need to push him in the first grade. I do think there's probably a time where he plays this year. Oh, M says, Channel 9 asks you to create your own hardworking index. I like as you put air quotes around something and quoted the wrong thing. But anyway, hardworking index, she says, to show during the 60th minute of a blowout game to keep the audience engaged. What cherry-picked stats do you use to create it? And for a bonus point, what player is, is the top of it? Um, it's most grubby things done in the ruck that no one notices. And my yep. boy, the Australian Nightmare, is at the top. Yep. Uh, most minutes spent talking about something that wasn't in the football game. And that's for the commentators. Ah, Hard-working yep. on agendas over hard-working on commentating the game they're watching. Yep. So that we The bunker's got to go, but we've also <laughs> got to have more captain's challenges. Yeah. Spend, spend 15 so. minutes like they're on a podcast like we are doing what we're doing on this, but during a football game. So ah. that'd be my The blowhard index. Nice. We'll call that. <laughs> but uh, other ones, I, I like how the hard-work index is so fraudulent and it fires people up. So I'd love to like just fill it with all terrible stats. Like kick meters. The most absolute, kick- absolute <laughs> fucking bullshit touches. Get kick meters, receipts, and missed receipts tackles. Receipts is the best one. Kick every meters, hooker is the yes. best player on the field. But if we if we go if we do kick meters times receipts times missed tackles, Luke Brooks and Anthony Milford are not getting caught. <laughs> okay, when they're playing, like I like that. Uh, ben Qualiada says, "Was that showing by Luke Brooks on Sunday the most disappointing single game performance by a player, even given Come the on. circumstances of the occasion ever? Not to overreact or anything. No." He wasn't even the most disappointing guy on the day. Not for Luma was more disappointing than him. Mm. Poor Luke Brooks. Thorson987 says, sure that, should the NRLs give up on refer- refs give up on refereeing <laughs> to the rules and just referee according to the feel of the game? Yeah, look, if, oh, that, it, that's a try. I love, I do always love that again from those old heads when they say referee no. has no feel for the game because he disagrees with what that person in the box apparently is feeling in the box. No, no, no. But he didn't Mate. mean to do it. Like, oh, that. Where's exactly he supposed right. to go? Through the line. You can't stop. That's no, the fuck. Ah. That was the weird one. That was Joey yelling at that during Cohen yeah, Hess's one. That's a weird like, one. Where's he supposed to go? He's not disadvantaged. Like, what do you mean? He like ran into Cohen Hess, which causes the defense to collapse and means Hess can't slide across. There's only three players out there. He took one of them out. And apparently that's not the def- what? Hmm. And then he ends up like those comments are dangerous because it ends up people thinking the narrative of that was it was a controversial call. It was not. Yeah, and, it, and then you get the beat-ups and you see the Facebook comments and there's half half to more than half of them are backing those comments and it's just like, oh, yeah. terrible. D-Butts888 says, oh, actually, no, uh, Marshall's comment. I thought it was a comment, but it's actually a question. Yeah. To Thorson's point, should we abandon scoring entirely and judge games subjectively like gymnastics? The Fox panel would have given at least, sorry, at least given the dogs a draw on the weekend. Did a Bulldogs play at one point, Dally M's? I love that shit. No, it, it did not, but oh. they, they scored. They Luke scored Thompson 18. should have got one point. Oh, I mean, they, they scored 18 points, and it was like, you know, this. Okay, I can't sort of have to say, but I'd get cancelled now. <laughs> but like, oh my God, the cheering for them after the game, like, oh, aren't you proud of those Bulldogs? It was like an under 15s team no, was thrown oh, in there. I see what you, I, 
think I've worked out what you were going to say. Yeah, okay, good. Else, but it's like another 15 team was thrown in there. And like, no, it's not to be proud of. They finally scored some points. No. Uh, and no, it was Paps, uh, Kafusi, and George Jennings got the well, points. Well, that's not funny. Butsy says, who is going to benefit more from a new club? Anthony Milford or Sam Darnold? Ooh, it's a fun one, isn't it? It's a uh, very Milford, fun one. Milford, I be- but because I just, I don't think that, although um, the Panthers yeah, is better. I but... like Matt Rule, so um, I don't know. <laughs> Wayne says my question is now moot, so ignore yeah, it. Yeah, I think he, yeah. The Milford Darnold one's an interesting one too, because Darnold, when he came into the league, was also seen as having bags of talent and being failed a bit by what's been put around him. Imagine drafting him when you could have picked Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I'm I'm worried if Donald hasn't got to that point that uh, he's been but broken by the few years. Let's like not he, underestimate how bad Adam Gase is as a coach. Correct, correct. Ryan Tannehill got out of it and was good again, but you know what it's like. Sometimes quarterbacks get behind a bad offensive line and a bad team for like three or four years, and it just ruins their it. career. And that's it; they never get a chance. But um, but I think he will benefit. Rule, Matt Rule draw some fun schemes up for them. I think, I think. I'm glad he's getting a chance. That's all I'm saying. He he tried Whereas, his best to handle not disengage, but I laughed. The, you see the the, yeah. the video went around when he got traded. Yeah, I think um I think the difference is we know Matt that we know that Sam Darnold has talent, but we know Anthony Milford can succeed. Yes. So that's the difference. Where Anthony Milford has done it at the highest level. There was a, like late 2015, 2016. He was one of, if not the best player in the game. So we know he can get there again if he's in the right setting. Well, I mean, we know he has the potential and the ability to get there again. Whereas Donald, it was all, it's, it's still a what if. Yeah. Uh, next question from Angry. He says, was Anthony Seabold hard done by, by not having a Queensland Cup team carry his coaching career like John Morris had New South Wales Cup team carry his? <laughs> I mean, you know, Seabold did do his best to pun all the first graders at Brisbane, so... He did try and do that, I guess. Uh, Wayno says again, new question. Will Josh Hannay have PTSD about Cronulla? Five games as a player before he was moved to the the Gorillas. How do I say that first thing? Gaimea. Gaimea. Okay, good. Five games as an assistant and his boss is now gone. It's Groundhog Day and Nightmare on Elm Street put together for the poor guy. Mate, former guest host of the show, Sarah Keegan, will kill you. Yeah. Proud, uh, proud Gaimean. There you go. And... Uh, Proud Cronulla fan that I didn't have much time for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well um, yeah, it's a funny one. That Josh Hannay, Brett Seymour stuff back in the day was wild, man. I, that's one of those ones where if it happened in the age of social media, it would have been crazy. Go on. Well, no, just that, I mean, if people don't know, like Josh Hannay and Brett Seymour were both brought to the Cowboys. At, uh, sorry, from sorry, Josh Hannay from the Cowboys were brought to the Sharks um, and were not just dropped to reserve grade, but rather dropped to local park football mm-hmm. by Ricky Stewart. In what year was it? Do you remember? Um, in 2008, nine, somewhere nine. around there. And like, so you had Brett Seymour no, and Ricky Stewart. 2007, sorry, wasn't it? It was, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It's probably not that important. Anyway, but so you had like basically these two guys, Josh Hanna, who'd played Origin, I'm pretty sure. Is that right? Yes. Um, Playing in like the local Sutherland Shire a grade comp, which mm. it, imagine if that happened now. Like, imagine if, like, um, I don't know, you just had, like, let's say, let's say this wouldn't happen, but let's say South cracked the shits with Adam Reynolds and he just lobs up for La Peru's Panthers in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Brett Seymour was one of those guys as well now is that he'd been, he wasn't fully known as a pisshead. He was a pisshead his entire career and 
you know, just just kept get, getting along. Just Josh Hannay though, is he's on the path to being career caretaker, isn't he? Like this is his second caretaker gig in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know anything. I don't know much about his Jim Dimmick style. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brett Seymour had some off-field issues as well. It wasn't just form yeah. stuff with him, but yeah. That's it. But yeah, Josh Hannay again. Like, mate, it's a long time to be a caretaker too. I guess. I mean, I know you can't say no to that gig, but I feel like he's not in a great position either because if the team falls apart, you can't. It's like, well, of course it was going to, <laughs> you know, in his spot. But if it does, it he's got to prove obviously he's worth his salt. But yeah. Anyway, uh, last question on Discord. Harvey said, "Would you say that Craig Fitzgibbon's hiring Sas Morris is firing is both the commendable action of a club which refuses to accept mediocrity, mediocrity, and the darkest day in the club's history because of how they treated a great bloke during a great time, doing a great job at the same time?" Yeah, I can't think of anything else that's happened to Cronulla administratively wise in the last decade that could be darker. So yeah, no, no. Well, I've never heard of a darkest day in rugby league. Nothing comes to mind. No, never, never heard of one. So, no. But it's um, it's certainly interesting because we don't see these things happening like this that often. I did say in the last podcast we've seen coaches get punted like this, but him actually moving on is also makes it very interesting. Yeah. Um, couple of ones, couple of Twitter ones, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, over on the Twitter, Booners zero five says, "Why do the Tigers think Luke Brooks is the problem, even when all opposing tries are scored on the opposite side of the field, and he's leading the comp for try assists?" Great question. The try assist thing is funny, by the way. Like, clearly, it's not the be all and end all, mm-hmm. but it, it shows that their problems run far deeper than Luke Brooks. And I've always felt that he's in that Ben Hunt mode of being more maligned than he should be, but mm. at the same time he should leave and go to a and go to a good club. But then when he does, he'll be really good and we'll get another. Can't believe the Tigers let this guy go. Yeah, yeah. that's um um I think he gets a lot of blame, firstly for being a halfback, secondly for being there for a long time, thirdly because people want it to be his team. And fourthly because he deserves it. Like I like Luke Brooks. I've thought so I've liked him for a long time, thought there was more talent there. But there is moments again if you look at just the seven tries you go, geez, he's getting hard done by. He's in the old Luke Brooks. But there's also other stats of his you can look at in a vacuum that aren't very good either. You know, like... Like, like playing in the finals zero times. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, I know. And he's leading the trices, but like he's also making mistakes and missing tackles still. You know, it's like... And if you watch the games, I know a lot of them, like, you know, have he's got errors and I don't think the error number can show you how bad they are. But some of his situational kicking has been disgusting. And yeah. there's no, you know, there's not a poor decisions number on NL.com, but his poor decisions right now will be far outweighing his triasis. And, you know, yes, the triasis are there, but I think, um, I think a lot of it's fair. There's a mixture of all, of all that for mine, that it's a bit of default to the halfback been there so long, but I think some of it's fair. Uh, okay. More on Twitter. Uh, right. Oh, Gil, be honest with Gillard asked a question. I've, I've already made sure I'm fixing, putting the news grab. It's going into the prior episode. Just thought I mentioned that. Uh, this question, Nomad Berg says, what, who actually decides on rule changes? Is it a committee of ex-players and staff, or is it just PVL playing footy with action figures at his desk and paging his assistant when he comes up with something new? Yes, it's both. <laughs> it's largely rhetorical, but yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Can you ask Steve's question? I think that's a fun one. We can end on that one. Where's Steve's? The Steve's 89. Why can't I see that? His name's No Worries Sam. Oh, down the bottom there. Yeah. Okay, wait, I've got two. 
do one on that one. I'll ask, even though we've got a lot of shark stuff, I'll go from Lambretta says, if you were John yep. Morris, would you have walked away dignity as he's done or would you stay an utterly white ant the joint <laughs> out of sheer spite? Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, so it, he did the right thing and, and it's different. People, people often try to compare rugby league to like actual jobs. And it's different. If you get if you get told that a contract's not getting renewed or something like that, you could go in and do your job and collect the paycheck and just not work very hard mm-hmm. and sort of you can do that until your contract runs out. But you can't really do that as a head coach in the NRL. And it's different when your job is so forward facing and you're gonna still be fronting up to media every week, dealing with 25 to 30 players every week, all that shit. Whereas if you have like a normal person job, you can just sort of keep your head down and keep to yourself while you sit in your office cubicle or something. So yeah, I don't think he had a choice. And I think he also sits in that basket that he's a pro- he's done enough to prove he can get another gig. Like if he if he was sitting there with a little less confident in his record the last couple of years, he probably would have had to sit the year out because he has to prove a point. I don't think he has a point to prove. Uh, last question to Steve's 89. Who was the best signing out of... Roy Satazi to the Bunnies, Israel Folau to the Broncos, Rapana to the Raiders, and Fiend to the Dragons. This is an easy one. Is it? Yes. Are you sure? Roy Satazi. Oh, good. Sorry. Fine. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. So I'm not gonna... defaulting the Broncos one, mate. Sorry. <laughs> you, you threw me the you threw me the hezzy there. Like um, easy. Yeah, of course it is. Look, I, 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 I this is I love talking about this because it's a shame that he wasn't there when we won the Premiership. But look. Jordan Rapana was a fantastic player for the Raiders in his first stint and an okay player currently. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nathan Fiend one, I think he's thrown in there as a joke. Fine. Fale, I'll say we will about him as a person. Um, but, you know, he was, he was he, he, a, cracking two years at Brisbane. He, he was electric for the Broncos years. for those two years. But also, you know, he, at the end of the day, he's still a winger and they didn't win a premiership. Oh, while he was it, a center. They there. Didn't, Excuse me. Well, they didn't, they didn't win a premiership <laughs> while he was there either. It wasn't. And it didn't really do anything transformative. Uh, you're, you're um you're perking up Carlo's ears when you say premiership there for for grading these off hour. I know that much, mate. I'm sorry, but uh, but um, let you go. But Roy Satasi, you have to understand how much of a joke South Sydney were before they signed Roy Satasi. You have to understand that basically, for the entire '90s and for that brief period after they came back from getting kicked out of the comp, they were a joke. No one wanted to sign there. The best players they had were either guys who couldn't get a run anywhere else or young players who they took a chance on who then inevitably would leave uh, once they got a better offer, such as Chris Walker or Ashley Harrison. Um, and after Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes Court won the meeting at the AGM in the, in the middle of 20, 2006 to, uh, to give them permission to take over ownership of the club, Roy Satasi was the big name signing for 2007. And he was a linchpin in a fantastic, this was the dogs of war that you talk about your all time great forward packs. Those Canterbury packs from the mid, the early to mid 2000s were absolutely incredible. And yes, they were millions of dollars over the salary cap, but it doesn't change how good they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and Asatasi signing for Seattle was the moment where the other clubs and fans had to sit up and go, hey, these guys aren't a joke anymore. He's a real player. Like this is a 25 or 26 year old world-class player at the peak of his powers. And he signed for Souths for Souths. And he was there every step of the way. And it's just a goddamn shame. He retired one year before he won the premiership, but his contributions to that club 
cannot be forgotten. And he he will always have a special place in Rabbitohs hearts. And at least, you know, he won a ring with Canterbury as well. So it is not, he got his ring. So yeah. It's it's not a very comparable situation to the last 10 years of of NRL because what happened to South doesn't happen. But when a team gets added to the competition outside of that, it's generally an expansion team. And there's something that drives players to go sign for that team. There was no incentive to join South. If you were a free agent outside of money, there was zero incentive to go to South in 2003 opportunity i guess but that's it as a task you started it was a big part of that like over the scheme of their career as a task out of those wins it by a landslide you can't judge it on premierships because nathan fame wins it on the day he signed nathan israel Folau was the <laughs> the best player he only stayed for two years though you know it, he's a big scout but yeah as a meant a lot to that club and wasn't there when it mattered but uh left that bulldogs packet his last game for the Bulldogs was that Broncos comeback in that prelim, but that pack had like O'Mealy top of his game in it. Asatasi, Willie Mason, Andrew Lyons, Sonny Bill Williams, Andrew Ryan, sorry, uh, Nate Miles off the bench, and Renny Matur off the bench when they're all killing it. It was a it's incredible. Pack. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. That's the last question. Great. Uh, another stellar episode. Well done, everyone. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening um, hope you enjoy the games this weekend um, hope your cold, te- hope your cold train cup tip goes well if you've tipped Souths or if you've tipped the same team as me which is the Cowboys if you've tipped anyone else hope you lose um, I, just, yeah, I hope they lose even if it is mine <laughs> well yours is Penrith so yeah of course you do alright say goodbye Mitchell goodbye Mitchell and it's goodbye from me <laughs>